Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is Cesar Pliqueta. This is William. This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and I cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener, and with no further delay, let's jump right in. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another special uh, London is Blue podcast. We're here at Cobham in, in England. We're hanging out with our first ever interview with the <laughs> Chelsea women's player, Allie Riley. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming to Cobham. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, we've been DMing back and forth, trying to find time. So like, we'll just come to you. We'll make it easy. Yep, no perfect. big deal. Um, but yeah, obviously we've got Dan, Nick, Mike in the room as well, for those of you listening uh, to the audio version. But just real quick, in case of our listeners don't know or you aren't familiar with Allie, you actually grew up in L.A., uh, played and captained at Stanford women's team, and you've been playing professionally ever since, right? Yeah. Wow, what a story for that. Now, <laughs> pulling all that out, I'm I'm um, most interested. So how did you go from forward to outside back? When did that transition happen? Yeah, well, and now career? I'm kind of transitioning back, it seems like, now that I've gotten nice. here, which is cool. Um, no, but basically, I, I grew up always playing on the wing, and we played a 4-4-2, and I can run a lot and I was fast so I was always going up and down the wings and then got to Stanford was recruited as kind of a an outside forward um then after two years we got in 
Kristen Press, we got in Lindsay Taylor, we had already Kelly O'Hara, and they were like, you're good, but you're not that good. So we're going to promote you to fullback. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think it worked out just, we didn't have anyone who was left-footed, and I was kind of willing to put in the work, and maybe had a kind of half-decent left foot, so it was a little bit more natural to, to use me there, and I think... I found my position since when I was playing winger, I always just went down the wing and crossed it. I never actually went towards the goal, which is something I'm still working on as an attacking fullback. It's still important to to actually go a little bit central um, and being right footed as well. It should be more natural. But I think, yeah, I just I like I like running and you don't find that many, especially not many forwards who like that kind of running. <laughs> so, uh, no, it worked out great. And then, you know, I've just been had had such a great career at this position and then coming here it's been really cool we have such a big squad and you know and I was injured and coming back I think it was a little bit more natural to get some minutes in at the end of a game mm -hmm. as a forward mm -hmm. so I've kind of been going back to that and again it's just is kind of getting me into that more aggressive and a little bit more selfish mindset that sometimes you have to be the one yeah. to go mm -hmm. towards goal and I finally scored my first goal for Chelsea yeah. against yeah. Tottenham yeah. yes which yeah the last game yeah. <laughs> um, of the year for us which was really cool um, and yeah so now I think it's just good to be able to be mm -hmm. flexible and help the team however you can that's awesome so your bio reads primarily right-footed wingback yeah. <laughs> uh, you joined Chelsea this past summer uh, you're the captain of the New Zealand national team. You've appeared in three World Cups and two Olympics. What's missing from your resume to this point? Is there anything else that you want to kind of go achieve in the game? Yeah, I think, I mean, Champions League is, is yeah. a really big one. And I think um, we have a challenging the challenging side, I think, of the draw. Um, but we definitely have a chance to get to the semifinals as uh, Chelsea did last year. And then again, you know, one of the two top teams in, in the world, at least Europe, will be awaiting us. But I think that's something, at least in my two years that I've signed for here, that I'd love to to progress in the Champions League farther than I have before. And, you know, in Rosengård in Sweden, we kind of had this quarterfinal curse mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm still in Europe you know because I think the US League is doing well and that's that's home for me but the draw of playing in Europe um, and playing Champions League is still really strong for me and I mean to play in a final obviously to win that's the big goal and yeah. um, you know with New Zealand we haven't been very close to winning a World Cup or, <laughs> or the Olympics um, and that might not be super realistic for us but I think um, in Europe and with these club teams that I've been on, I think that's something to definitely dream about and feels like it's maybe, you know, in in reach. So obviously the, the fact that Chelsea are vying for a Champions League, you know, with our women's team is phenomenal and probably part of the reason why you want to join Chelsea. Were there any other elements of either the squad or the management structure that really attracted you to the project? Yeah, I think... I mean, I could, you could feel playing in Europe and being in Sweden that the women's game is growing so fast here. I think the fastest, if you look at the last five years, just where this club alone has come from, um, it's just been like this. And where I was playing in Sweden, I'm not going to say it's going backwards, but it's definitely slowed down. Whereas if you look at maybe 10, 15 years ago, that was where it was at, you know, and with the team like Umeå and just even with Rosengård, you always had good teams doing well in the Champions League. But seeing the investment from the FA, seeing how well the women's national team is doing, seeing the support from men's clubs, 
Um, that's probably been the biggest game changer. Um, there's still a lot to be done. Um, but I think that's something at least even off the field that appealed to me um, to be able to build my brand, to be able to reach more, more fans, to have more followers, all those kind of things that's not necessarily for status, but more I like to inspire people. And, you know, with my food blog and Instagram now with this podcast, I'm kind of juggling a lot of balls here, but I think to be able to have a bigger platform just helps you be able to reach more people. Um, and also I think having someone like Emma Hayes at the forefront of, I think she's at the club in general, you know, I think she's such a boss and obviously for the women's side, um, I think she's really inspirational now being a mom as well. Um, having someone like Katie Chapman, who I wasn't able to play with, but that she played after having kids, that she's an ambassador for the club now, the first female. I think those are things that really spoke to me. But obviously Chelsea knocking my team out of the Champions League was kind of like football wise, it's time to make a move. Mm -hmm. But all those other things are probably equally as important to me if I'm honest you know being 31 years old and I definitely have my personal football goals but I do see where I can make an impact in other areas yeah yeah you know so if we talk about the Chelsea women's team everybody knows who Frank Kirby is but in your opinion who are some of those players who are flying under the radar that people really should know about as well yeah, I think that's kind of why I've loved doing the podcast as well. I mean, you have someone like Anita Santi who's come back from her injury when we did that podcast. I mean, there were so many people writing in saying thank you so much for addressing coming back from a long-term injury and her giving her tips um, on kind of how to stay sane yeah. um, and positive and um, you know I'm going to be talking with Magdalena and I think it's cool you have players we have so many of us going to World Cup Erin Cuthbert to speak with her the first time Scotland is going to a World Cup I yeah, mean she's she's, she's so young and the yeah. things she was saying and the wisdom and her accepting that responsibility to build the women's game in Scotland I think almost everyone has an inspirational story um, and on every team you're, you're going to of course get the players and especially the, the domestic players who deserve to be the ones who are the face of the club and I mean just that we have Fran and G you know when you go to Stamford Bridge you see their faces you see the jerseys that's so important I know all of us would love to be in that position but I think it's in the bigger picture, I think just that we have one or two right now. And then I think it's cool that like you guys are interviewing me right now and that I interview my teammates that everyone else also can share their stories, but we all have a role to play. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, Hedvig as well being so experienced and, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, there are so many, I mean, even Beth England, you know, maybe doesn't have the same national team experience, but having been on loan to Liverpool made such an impact there, helped inadvertently Chelsea win the title by scoring goal. You know, there's so many cool stories. We call that Agent, Agent. England. Yeah. Yeah. Check. Yeah. The team, it's amazing because, you know, in listening to the podcast, like, like Anita, for example, like an amazing person and life like take the football aside yeah I, I'm blown away because yeah. you're like wow and you play professionally so yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly wow like, oh, wow yeah I, yeah no that's awesome so uh, you know you did start this podcast so like let's talk about that um this past summer so it's pretty new for you right yeah so girls with balls and here's the description that you have in itunes it's a podcast about brave women 
women who dare to follow their dreams, both on the field and off the field. This is a forum for sharing stories, comparing battle scars, and celebrating achievements. This is your chance to get to know the inspirational figures who are out there changing the game. So if you don't believe in girl power or think that running like a girl is a bad thing, this podcast is not for you. <laughs> and we love that. Sounds, it sounds good when you say it. <laughs> you don't have to be something for everyone. You're like, this is what I'm set up to do. And and you will get a lot of people that appreciate that. You're like, I'm not here to please everybody. I've got an idea of what we're going to do. And we love it. So just kind of opening it to a lot of our listeners. I'm sure they're all subscribed over. Anyway, but if yeah. not, go subscribe. Uh, and like, what, what can they expect when they come to your podcast and like, kind of what are you looking at doing in the future? Yeah, well, I think there are a lot of podcasts about football. Of course, there are podcasts that talk to female players more and more, you know, but I think, I mean, as you guys said, you know, being the first Chelsea women player, um, that you guys have spoken to, I think a lot of the talk is about men. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the discussion around the women's game is a little bit negative. It's kind of, and even as players, we get asked these questions, what needs to be done, you know, and why weren't there many people at the game? Why should you get paid as much as men? And those, these are all very, very relevant questions, but it might be nice sometimes to be asked, you know, kind of, what do you like to do on your days off? And, sure. you know, um, yeah, I don't know, what kind of food do you eat? Or what's the worst date you've been on? You know, just funny <laughs> things that kind of, because- if we can add that in. We can add I think something that is, I'm starting to realize that while we're fighting, and this is something I talked about with Rosie White, my national team teammate, while we are pushing for equality, we're not necessarily wanting to be treated the same as the men. We are different. And I don't want to get into kind of the physical part, who can run faster, whatever. But more just, I think we're more accessible. You know, we greet every single fan who wants an autograph or a picture with us after the game. The men realistically can't do that. You know, there's 60,000 people there, but we can. And one day I hope maybe there will be too many people that we can't do that, but we're not there right now. Um, and I think, you know, I can do these podcasts with my friends and, and there doesn't have to be, um, you know, a team, a media team coming in, you know, it's, we're just, it's more casual, but I want to use that, you know, as a good thing. And I think to be able to allow people to get to know us will maybe help us in the long term get to a place where we are inaccessible which is so it's kind of weird i don't you know we want to be at where the men's game is but at the same time making the most and taking advantage of where we are now while still pushing so that's why i like to ask those controversial questions and we get into some tough topics and talking about equality um talking about sexism and certain things that we want to be better but also talking about love and you know I don't know, stupid, the embarrassing yeah, moments, music, you know, just dancing, whatever. And dance off some locker room. Exactly. I've seen a lot of that. You guys exactly. are having a blast. Yeah, and I can just put on Instagram, you know, what questions do you want me to ask? And I yeah. will read every single person who writes back to me. And I don't expect Lionel Messi to be able to do the same thing, you know. But I think that's where we are now. And, um, and then again, these stories, I think every player and as a female player most of us are in a position where we have to have something else we can play football we can live on it now but none of us are making enough that it'll be able to support us afterwards so almost every women woman you talk to has a project 
or another business or is studying. And I think that's also really inspirational. Um, I mean, we've got tattoo artists, we have singers, we have, you know, guitar, Hannah Wilkinson, again, on the New Zealand team, she's putting her music on Spotify, mm. she's designing tattoos, you know, and again, these, this is a situation that we've kind of been forced to be in, but I also think it's something that can inspire a lot of women and keep pushing it forward so that one day the next generation won't have to study. But I also, talking to Neats, you know, it's a good thing maybe to have options and yeah. you never know when you get injured and you never know when the money runs out and just, you hear these stories on the men's side and not necessarily on the women's side yet, but it's just kind of taking into account all of these factors and trying to inspire as many girls, boys, whoever as possible. What is, what's been your favorite moment from the podcast so far? Is there, is there one thing that kind of stands out, interview or something? I mean, I have to say that Erin really did blow me away because I see her as this fun girl. She's pretty crazy. You see her <laughs> on all those Chelsea bloopers and Chelsea TV. She's always there. And just hearing her speak about this responsibility and how much she wants to inspire and how she was, I mean, she was a little girl, wasn't that long ago, you know, going to the Scotland women's national team games, having a jersey for someone to sign, and now she can do that and give back and not kind of taking it for granted because, um, you know, she's got her fancy car, she's got her, you know, name brand stuff and is living the life, but she also is studying her business degree and um, kind of realizes how lucky she is and wants to make it better for the next generations um but everyone has made me laugh so much and i also having hannah wilkinson play her guitar and like kind of have a musical guest i yeah. felt like ellen generous <laughs> i'm like got a musical guest um but i'm really excited to have magda and uh, her partner pernilla who obviously everyone knows and i didn't say that it was going to be her but i think everyone guessed and i think that would be cool to kind of i'm going to quiz and see like how well they actually know each other so you've been uh, so blessed to see kind of soccer or football in so many different parts of the world and in many different competitions so you know kind of within that journey are there individual maybe matches or moments that stand out to you as being very you know groundbreaking or definitive for your career? Yeah, I think obviously having just been to New Caledonia for the World Cup qualifiers, that's really fresh in my mind. It's a place that not many people have even heard of. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to look it up on the map. I yeah. didn't know. And it's stunning, you know, and that's also so cool to have that opportunity to go there, inspire the girls there, but also show people what it's like. Maybe more people will travel there and like, you know, tourism maybe like, you know, can help these countries. We've been to Papua New Guinea um, many times, Samoa, um, and just seeing every four years the level improve. And I know, I mean, we still, it was a blowout and I understand for the European players, the qualifiers they've just gone through for me to waltz back in here with my tan and be like, we want every game 8-10-0. It's, it feels very unfair, but I think going through it and realizing how the game can be changing lives in those countries. And I do understand why FIFA and football being a global game, why we still do have that one spot. Um, and I see both perspectives, but I think every time we have those qualifiers and play those tournaments, just such an unbelievable experience. Um, and to travel places that no, you know, you otherwise wouldn't go, that a lot of people haven't been, um, and just try to, yeah, not not only inspire the kids there, but also 
the, the players were playing against, you know, and they players on the other teams were coming up to me and being like, are you the one who plays for Chelsea? Like, the you know, you play yeah, for Chelsea awesome. and they were just in awe, you know, and I think that just, it's really cool to see how much football can like bring light to people's lives. And even if they're being, you know, blown out in these games, it's still so fun and it brings people together. Um, so that's, that's something that I think is so unique to my career and playing for New Zealand and something, you know, I always have the conversation about playing. I could, should I have waited to try to play for the U S or whatever, but obviously there's no looking back. So looking at what I have done and what I hopefully will continue to do for maybe one more cycle. Not sure. Um, that's been so special. Nice. So speaking of that, I guess, Mike, do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah. You have? So world cup, 2019 oh my gosh this year yes so how excited are you for your third world cup like what what is that like yeah i uh it's actually my fourth um yeah but uh i can't i can't believe it um i i think we got a good chance it's going to be really challenging obviously um with the netherlands canada cameroon don't know too much about um, what they're going to bring to the table, but I think we had both Canada and the Netherlands in 2015, um, and we got we tied Canada and we lost to the Netherlands. But I think those are two teams that we could compete with, and then obviously Cameroon will be a must-win if we want to go through. And that's for me. I think in the past we kind of had these huge lofty goals, like we're going to win the World Cup and we can do this. And I think. Right now, to make history, if we won a game at a World Cup, I'm not saying I don't dream big, but like the reality is we win a game, we get a tie, we could go through, and we would be the first out of the, obviously our under-17s just got bronze at the at the World Cup, but for the All-Whites and the Football Ferns, we would be the first team to ever win a game at a World Cup, and then obviously the goal would be then to have that get us out of the group. Um, and then now that I'm based in Europe, to have it be in France, it's not too far away. You know, I think my former teammates and some girls who aren't participating will make it over. You know, my partner will be able to come. And I mean, it's not close to L.A., but my parents will, of course, yeah, be there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I think there are, there are enough of us um, who are a little bit older on the team that I think a lot of family will come because we don't know, you know. How long we're gonna be doing this? But um, I think just you've seen every four years how much bigger it's gotten. You saw the Euros, how well they did that, how well it was executed, how many people watched those games. I think France, they're gonna do such a good job. The support for their own team is huge, but I can imagine being in Europe, um, there'll be so many people there, and I'm just so excited. And like I said, not knowing how many how many more cycles I'll be able to do, I think I just want to be able to give everything that's why I came here you know to these these next two years give everything I have to football I left you know a great club a comfortable situation my boyfriend to come here and just give everything I've got and then if I can continue that'll be great but I think you just never know what happens no definitely um well let's go ahead and wrap this up with some rapid fire questions and we'll just keep it short and sweet lightning round and end it (laughs) what was your favorite thing about living in Sweden oh my gosh being able to bike everywhere Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you miss most about Los Angeles? The sun. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Some, sorry, mom and dad, but it's the sun. <laughs> Layup. Uh, what do you collect? Like trainers, Yeezys, watches, sunglasses. Um. Passport stamps. 
well, passports, <laughs> I guess, now That's with three. Yeah. Um, but no, I actually take Polaroid photos. Nice. So it's okay. not like a collection, but I mean, then you have tangible yeah. photos. So. That, nice. that counts. I like it. <laughs> How do you spoil your dog? Spoil her. She is so spoiled. Everything, she, she sleeps in our bed. She eats our food. She's so spoiled in every way. Uh, what team did you watch growing up? Like, who was your kind of locked-in team, whether it be in the, uh, in the U.S. or anywhere else? Um, soccer or... Yeah. Soccer or... Okay, because whatever. Lakers, Lakers. Right. die hard. The three-peat was... No, I, I haven't been home since he came to the team. But do you enjoy him being on the Lakers? I mean... Yeah. Doesn't sound right. <laughs> right. But I was that. like, you know, I had the Shaq and Kobe, like, uh, they, yeah. they yeah. hated yeah. each other, but they loved each Like, that was the that was the Laker kind of <laughs> dynasty right there. But I, I like LeBron James. <laughs> um, I was as a kid, everyone has a pair of boots that they want to get or have their parents buy them. What was that first pair of boots you were able to convince your parents to spend a little extra money for? I loved the Copas. Nice. And I had this coach, and he was like, I always had... As most kids do, I think your boots are normal size, which is too big. Like you need them to be tight. Yeah. I didn't know that yet. And I finally had this coach in high school, and he was like, those need to be two sizes smaller. Mm-hmm. So he had me get these, and I put them in the bath. I showered in mm-hmm. them. Oh, I put yeah. the leather, everything, and they were like socks. But I, I think I wear like a six, and they were threes. So like I think I lost all my toenails, yeah. but by the end of the process, I appreciated You're what perfect. he had done for me. But that was painful. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, again, Ali, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast. It's great to meet you. First of many Chelsea women's players, right? It Here's better be. I love it. We appreciate it. So, again, all of our listeners, go subscribe, follow her on social media, check it out. She has a lot to offer all of you. And until <laughs> next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high. Woo.